Welcome, shoppers, to episode 251 of the Nerd Travagans Podcast, where we're running a special on entertaining banter. I'm layaway specialist Tom, and with me, as always, are employee of the month Brian and official store breeder Cam. What's up, guys? Hi, everybody. <laughs> That's your official store greeting? Yes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We got a special on uh, rotisserie chickens. <laughs> and uh, Dale donuts. <laughs> They're still good. What? You saved some money. <laughs> anyway, if that clever intro didn't clue you in, listener, tonight we will be discussing the future of retail and e-commerce. But first, it's time for us to mark down last week's happenings, which are also still good, and let you know what's going on in our nerdy lives with our Geekly Weekly Weekly Geekly Update. I think I might have actually done that backwards, which is cool. And uh, Brian, why don't you kick off the update? What have you been up to, sir? Uh, I was in Orlando all weekend, and I had quite a fun time at Megacon which is 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 just megacon that's not really related to my birthday and uh for my birthday i uh i went man honestly i know some people think it's cheesy or whatever i've wanted to do this ever since i was a kid i went to medieval times nice nice yeah i like that place i didn't even realize it they have a uh your royalty package like there's like an upgrade on the uh let's be honest already ridiculously overpriced chicken <laughs> But uh, that, that, was, that was fun. So for the listeners that don't know, I think it was featured in that Cable Guy movie with uh, Jim Carrey back in the day, right? That yeah. that style place where you're eating chicken and watching like Knights Battle and stuff. Yeah, I think that was, I mean, it wasn't Orlando, but I think that actually was a Medieval Times, yes. Yeah, um, I believe it was too. What color knight, what section were you in, Brian? Uh, I could not have planned it any better. I got red. Nice. Yeah. Oh, he didn't win, but... For listeners that don't know, Brian's partial to red, unless I'm mistaken. <laughs> no, not quite partial, actually. Cool. Well, good to know I learned something about you over the years and uh, totally got why you seating in the red section was uh, appropriate and awesome. And he was like the second best knight. He didn't win at all, but he was kind of the crowd favorite. Cool. You remember his name? Did he have a name? No. I don't remember. Mr. Congeniality. <laughs> red Roja, the Roy, the red, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, how was uh, the chicken overpriced, but good? Very tasty. If you can get over eating like, like a potato, just like picking up a potato and putting it in your mouth. Like, Oh wait, like they make the fare like authentic or something. Uh, so I hear, like, if you want to, like, roleplay, you're allowed to bring your own cutlery because, you know, a noble would have traveled with his very own set. But the, there, there is none, like, in the building. Like, they cannot give you any if you request, so. Whoa. Like, what about your dessert pastry? Your fingers. Your chicken? Your fingers. <laughs> your soup? Pick that shit up and slurp it out of the bowl. Whoa. They have napkins? Awesome. Uh, yes. They do yeah. have napkins. Okay. They don't have the shaggy dog going around for you to wipe your uh, hands on? <laughs> nope. Okay. At least they don't. That would be unsanitary. The best part about that place, though, is it's unlimited uh, beer and wine. <laughs> that's that's where you got to sort of make up your money on the overpriced ticket. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what uh, makes up for it. That's where the authenticity comes. It's Is it that or like disgusting well water to drink or what are your options? <laughs> moat water i i had coke so <laughs> they have coke <laughs> <laughs> i i like like we're authentic to a point but you want a coke yeah it's all you can eat all you could drink refills just give me your goblet <laughs> <laughs> awesome that's a pretty nerdy weekend so megacon was cool as usual i believe you were hanging out with our buddy lester of lae photography uh fame at least part of the time yes i was a lot of good cosplay this year, man. A lot of good cosplay. And, dude, one of the reasons I am so into cosplay is is just seeing the crazy shit people do. There was a... Uh, I never remember this guy's name. Who's the shark guy from Guardians? 
Uh, the guy with the... Blue with the fin. Oh, with the crest? Yeah, that's what's-his-face's um, dad. Ron, Mondu. Whatever. Mondu, yeah. No, not Mondu. Rondu? Jondu? No, y- Yondu. Yondu. <laughs> Yondu, okay. Yes, yes. There was a Yondu in a, in a Mary Poppins dress. We're hardcore Guardians fans, for the record. We know <laughs> we've been into it since before anybody else. <laughs> Cool. So he a reference to the movie. I guess I shouldn't discuss it because it's a spoiler, right? Nah, I mean that's not story related. That's just a silly thing they did. So I, I don't mind discussing it. <laughs> that's cool, man. I admire cosplay from afar. I do not. I can say with confidence that I will never undertake uh, costuming myself. But it's pretty cool. It's beyond you to beyond you. <laughs> oh. Also, Bright. Anything else? No. What about you, Cam? Man, it was, was a a very fun but exhausting weekend. I week and weekend. I went to Orlando as well, but I did not make it to MegaCon. I was uh, helping my mother celebrate her sixty fifth birthday um, and her retirement uh, after fifty years of working. She started working when she was fifteen and just hung up uh, hung up her time card. So, uh, yeah, we went to, uh, we went to the, we went, okay, you guys know, for those of you, those of you who don't know, there's a place in Orlando on, on, uh, on International Drive, which is sort of the tourist area. Uh, there's a place called Wonderworks, which is like this, like, cruel upside down building, and it's got, like, all these, like, different, it's like a sort of like a science center. It's for yep. kids and, you know, old kids as well, you know. And, uh, they also have in there what's called the Out of Control Magic Show. And my mom is a huge fan of like dinner shows and murder mystery dinners and theater stuff and whatever. So we had done most of the things in Orlando already. So, but we hadn't done that. So I booked that for basically 25 people. All of my, most of my mom's family is in Orlando. Whoa. So my companion and I and my mom and a couple of her friends from down here went up to Orlando. Um, we went, we, we basically had her retirement party at the Wonderworks and had the, you know, during the show, it was awesome. The comedian was was really it was a great show. Uh, the comedian incorporated her into the show, which made it special. You know, and uh, it was awesome. I mean, there was there was some unruly kids who, funnily enough, were from where I live, Pembroke Pines, Florida. It was some like soccer team or something, <laughs> and they were just being terrible. And the kids, the parents weren't doing anything. Like literally, the comedian was like, "Look, if you guys don't control these kids, like I'm gonna get you guys got to leave." And it was like a group wow, of like 20, really? group of like 30. Yeah, these kids were just ridiculous. It was like Lord of the Flies. And so that was the only sort of, I guess, downside. But we, I mean, really didn't even bother us. I mean, we just were sort of laughing at it. It was funny. Um, also took my mom to Universal. She's a huge fan of Universal and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Got her a wand, let her, you know, do the interactive wand and do all that cool stuff and shop and drive around and see everything. So... Uh, she, we got her, she's a little, you know, she's up there in years and not very mobile. So we got her one of those little zippy carts. Um, nice. they, they tax you for those things though, man. Let me tell you, it's, uh, 70 bucks for the day Whoa. to rent that thing. Yeah. Is it like at least Harry Potter themed or is it just like a standard one? <laughs> no, it's just standard. <laughs> the, well, it's 50 bucks for the standard one, but if you want like the sun, like, umbrella thing over the top you want it's an extra 20 bucks (laughs) you want to pay the comfort tax on that sir what's that yeah exactly (laughs) wow and they and man they they make you pay man let me tell you universal oh i thought disney was bad universal was 200 bucks per ticket oh man um it was and that was not even with the fast pass which i must have because i refuse to stand in line for more than 10 minutes yes um so that was another 90 bucks and then they screw you on the fat on the fast pass because The, the the Harry Potter's yep. the like rides aren't included <laughs> right. in the Fast Pass. Right. Wait, wait, wait! Oh. It's two hundred and ninety dollars, and Harry Potter's not included. Nope. Yes, you got to wait in line for that. <laughs> yep. So you want to ride all the B rate stuff all you want? I think like Hulk and like some of the cooler rides you can get on Fast Pass, but the Harry Potter stuff, no way, right? It's pretty much everything but the two Harry Potters, which are the things you want. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly what you want to do, uh, but. Oh, by the it's no, it's not just ninety dollars, and you could ride all the B like the the second tier rides you want. The ninety dollar one lets you ride each ride once what? on the fast pass. 
Yes. If Wait, you want what? to do un if you want to do unlimited, it's hundred and thirty dollars to go on the rides as many times as you want. That's come on guys, seriously. <laughs> just say it with me. Don't go there. But that's ridiculous. <laughs> so three hundred and thirty dollars. And and let's be yeah. honest, for a second rate Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeez. uh we got season and, pass for that. I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, I think my Disney season pass is like 500 bucks, something like that, for the whole year. You should have just, yeah, my, my annual pass. You should have gotten an, uh, a universal pass. I mean, it sounds like if you go twice, you've, you've made up for it. Yeah, but I, I won't go again. And it, it wasn't really, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't really even for me. It was for, it was for my mom and her friends. My brother has a pass and he actually ended up getting us a couple tickets through some friends he knew for free anyway, or for like a hundred bucks, something cheap, really cheap. Um, but then, we had to buy the tickets for my mom and her two friends. And so that was like, that was the tax. Jeez, man. Oh, man. That is. Plus the little zip, plus the zippy carts, one for my mom, one for her friend. How, I plus mean. Plus the food, plus the wand, plus the, you know. Did you eat at one of the Harry Potter restaurants or? Uh, no, they ate at one of the uh, Jurassic Park ones. <laughs> they ate at, you were tapped out. You couldn't afford to eat. <laughs> no, you yeah, guys enjoy yeah. it. Oh. <laughs> No, actually, I brought so you know I'm on I'm on like a uh, yeah. I'm on a diet, so I brought some some food uh, some food with me. But yeah, they 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 had some chicken and ribs at the Jurassic Park place. Nice. Now, Cam, you I even in a theme park, I admire your adherence to your uh, life extending <laughs> diet, man. Like uh, I, I try. That's awesome. I try. D- what? Um, but yeah, it's crazy. How navigable was the park for the people on the on the scooters? Like, I got to imagine. Okay, it was, like, so pain. I- Island of Adventure not navigable it's it's very tough because the the, it just seems like the street the walkways are much more narrow and and the harry potter land which is super packed always is was like was a nightmare but the funny thing is those things come with obnoxious horns (laughs) that like my mom that my mom and her friend were not like were not at all ashamed to use like they, they had no worries about honking. The bet, look, the best part of the, like my, the best part of the day for me and the sort of the saddest was there was like the show in Harry Potter world and my mom and her friend were sitting there on their carts and there were all these kids like sitting around on the, on the ground watching the show that was on this little like step up riser type thing. And the show was over. Everyone's like mulling around and leaving. And my mom's like, you know, and her friend are like trying to get through the crowd to get, you know, to keep going. And there's this kid, he's just still sitting there, he's by himself, no one else around, don't know where his parents were, he didn't have any friends or siblings with him, he's just literally sitting on the floor, and he was in the way of my mom's car. Oh no! And my mom just <laughs> lays on the horn, and the poor kid's like, oh my god, and like, gets up and like, walks away. And I was like, oh my god, this poor kid was sitting there, probably like, contemplating life, like, wow, I'm here by myself watching Harry Potter, and then, beep, like this big, huge horn. You're, I'm surprised oh. your mom didn't go into like road rage mode. You know, like she's in a car, uh, off the road, asshole. <laughs> your mom would no, no. Well, she, I mean, she basically was not stopping. I mean, people were like, there was a couple people she sort of bumped into, and she was just like, well, you know, I mean, not like from behind, but like they're walking towards her. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. She's like, well, if you can't see the big, huge blue scooter and not get out of the way, then it's not my fault. And I mean, I basically, I've given you the benefit of a horn, so you know I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> But even but even the horn made me laugh. But the but what made me cringe was the every time you back up, it's got like the truck backup beep beep sound. <laughs> Are you well, serious? Which was even louder and more obnoxious. It was so loud and so obnoxious. Every time she hit that, it's like everyone just turns and looks like, "What the hell is that?" It's like a freaking <laughs> like a bomb alarm or something. Like it was. Oh, it was funny. I mean, you can't do anything but laugh. It was just it was it was a good time. Oh my like, god, it didn't matter. Wow. Um. So yeah, so did that and uh went to Disney for a couple days as well. Did the uh did Universal and Animal Kingdom. Did not even attempt to go to Pandora to whatever wherever they what what are they calling it? Pandora? Yeah, yeah, the the new uh, Pandora for, land. For the, uh, yeah, did not even attempt to go there because it was just like it just looked ridiculous from where we were. And uh we're like, well, we've got annual passes, we can come back whenever we want, so forget it. And uh yeah, that was it. Went to Kobe Steakhouse. I don't know if you've ever been there, Brian or or, or Tom. No. The uh, it's it's like one of those places where they like a Benihana style. 
Oh, that was fun. Yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, drove back down. And that was it. That was that was my uh, fun-filled week. That sounds pretty. Uh, that sounds pretty fun, man. Congratulations to your mom on her birthday and her retirement. Yeah, she's excited, and I'm more excited for her. So, what about you, Tom? Anything? Did you ride around on scooters and run little crush little kids' dreams? <laughs> No, but I'm going to like submit a thing that they actually need them to be themed. Like you should be able to, for that price, you should get one that's like themed for the park. Or you should be able to get one for your favorite superhero or a dinosaur. And it makes like a sure. roaring noise instead of a honk, a horn honk. Or yeah, make it a dragon something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> At least have fun with it. Then kids will like flock around you. Think you're cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, over to me. Okay, so I finally, I will never mention batman arkham knight again i finally got all the stupid riddler trophies and beat that game i'm done I, uh... <laughs> nice <laughs> and brian you kind of quipped last show that it took me like eight months i actually uh looked at my play log for all my achievements and i started that game a year ago like last may so yeah you were you were not you were you were under exaggerating if that's it you know they've released like eight more since you've been playing right like... <laughs> no that's the last arkham game actually they or, or so they say and they, they need to let it go. The the developer, they don't want to do anymore. Um, and they, honestly, they, like some other franchises I could mention, <clears throat> Mass Effect, they kind of wrapped it up nicely, and I think they should just leave it. You know, if they want to do like a Batman Beyond or something like that with that same play style, that's cool. But they need to let this one go. Um, and just let it be dignified and, and done. Uh, but you're probably, they, they probably are going to release eight more. <laughs> so we'll see. Apart from that, I then uh, popped in Final Fantasy XV, as promised, ready to play it, and proceeded to wait for it to install <laughs> for quite a long time. And so, uh, <laughs> I was I cannot, as Cam cannot suffer a line, I cannot suffer a wait for anything. So I just went about like hooking up more home automation stuff, and uh, the house is almost fully voice controlled now at this point, except for the dogs who completely ignore all of my commands. Yeah, just did, did a little more voice control stuff. And I'm trying to think, oh, I got my companion into Attack on Titan. I actually uh, was watching uh, an episode in season two. She's like, what's this? I'm like, let me show you. And we started the show and she seems to be into it. So I might be watching that nice. later. Yeah, let's see. You're a lucky man because I, I put on the first episode for my companion and within three minutes, she was like, nope, pass. <laughs> like too gory? Was it too gory or? No, it was just like, nope, cartoon, subtitles, forget it. <laughs> Japanese, get, get out of here. Well, actually, she's Japanese, not so much, but she she, she likes stuff, like Japanese stuff, but the uh, subtitles just like anime, sound of subtitles, like just, that was it. Yeah, my companion, she's okay with that part, but you know, the first episode involves like the first and second episodes are some like gory scenes and she's like is it like this the whole time like no 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 it, it levels out <laughs> so <laughs> little does she know yeah i'm hoping the story will hook her in far enough to <laughs> keep her keep her in but yeah i got the uh got my lady in on some anime anime yeah oh and then um i am preparing for a trip down to the san francisco region as you guys know the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference is going on, and uh, nice. I am not going to that because you have to enter a lottery to get a ticket. But uh, I am attending this more open, in every sense of the word, conference called the AltConf that takes place like uh, right nearby. So I will be at that next week, and I will uh, hopefully report back on all kinds of interesting interactions and findings uh, while I'm there. That. That veers a little too techy, maybe for most of our listeners. But then again, Apple's a big consumer company, and they tend to announce a lot of their new products at these. So, I'm sure, I'll have something to report next week. And that's pretty much it for me. And that's pretty much it for the <laughs> Geekly Weekly Weekly Geekly update as well. Which means what shows over? Or do we have another segment? We oh, that must mean it's time for the news extravaganza greeter cam take it away 
I'm here to greet you with some amazing news. Um, Yellow Games, who I work for, I'm their general counsel, as you should know if you've listened to any of the shows, uh, has just announced, well, Allison has just announced, Allison Hayslip, friend of the show, former, uh, uh, she's been on the show twice already, um, is now the brand ambassador for Yellow Games. Uh, she just announced that on Twitter and Instagram and her Facebook page and everything today. Um, so it's really cool. We've, we've got a great deal with her going on. She's going to be promoting our products and, um, she's going to be, uh, at Gen Con this year. And, uh, there's going to be all sorts of amazing events going on with her and, uh, a lot of good things to come over the next year or so, uh, with, with Allison. So it's, uh, we're, we're really excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, she's, uh, super cool. She's, uh, She's really into gaming, as everyone knows, and she loves our games, and we love her. So it's it's just a it was a perfect uh, perfect match for the company and for her. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Cool. Um, speaking of conventions, you guys heard about this Phoenix Comic Con story? Sure did. Yeah, this guy Mike Sterling um, somehow made his way into Phoenix Comic Con with. I mean, the guy was like loaded for bear. He had two 45 caliber handguns, uh, a four a 454 caliber handgun, and a 12 gauge shotgun. They were all fully loaded. He had extra mag, you know, he had extra clips and magazines and extra all kinds of am- ammunition, and he had a a big combat knife and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, I guess he got caught there on site with that stuff. Uh, he allegedly was there to kill the Red Power Ranger. His name is escaping me at, right at this point. Jason David GDF. Frank. That, that's it. Yeah, JDF. Um, who he claimed, this guy Mike Sterling claimed to have stabbed him like years ago, uh, and he wanted to quote finish the job. <laughs> um, that's that, that's what the yeah, that's what the that's what the uh, the cops are saying is what he said. Um, and uh, yeah, so luckily um, it was it, it was not really even security at the con that did it. I mean they. This guy made it into the con. I guess he snuck in somehow and was on the second level of the of the convention hall uh, of the show. And it was only after someone had called in one of his friends. Uh, this guy, Mike Sterling, I guess, was texting somebody and, and posting on his social media and things like that, uh, that he was going to be, you know, that he was going to do this. Um, one of his friends called in to, you know, the cops and security and was like, hey, like this guy's this is what this guy's saying he's going to do. Like, you guys need to, to do something. And they were able to intervene before anyone got hurt. So thank God for that. Thank God people are really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like this guy was just begging to be caught, which I mean, great. That's awesome. I mean, good. Like, I'm glad that, you know, he did get caught before anything happened. But I mean, how stupid do you got to be to, yeah, I'm going to perpetrate a huge crime, but I'm going to tweet about it first before I do it and tell people and text them that I'm going to do it. Yeah. Thankfully, he was a very good, uh, yeah. So, so two two questions. Thanks, Darwin. <laughs> so two questions come to mind, Cam. Um, one, and I know you're not allowed to probably divulge the the details of the contract between Yellow and uh, Allison, but I'm assuming there's like a a hazard pay element involved now with these lunatics <laughs> showing up at conventions. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, you know, there should be if there isn't. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's 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 very sad that you know that these are, I mean, that's just, that's the life we live now. You know, I mean, look at this Manchester thing just yesterday, there was this huge attack in, in a uh, Kabul, um, which nobody, people, no, no one seems to care about when it's in like a Middle Eastern country, no, 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 when no. it's in like, you know, it's like, Oh, 80 killed, like, you know, 300 wounded in Kabul, who cares? But when it's, you know, uh, people wounded somewhere, uh, but you know, that's another story. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the, 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 um, you know, sort of as a segue, I guess, into our topic, the, you know, that's the sad reality we face now is that there's so many soft, quote unquote, soft targets these days. And these maniacs have proven and, and, you know, have proven many times already that they, they just don't care who they hit. They don't care if it's kids. They don't care if it's teenagers. They don't care if it's people that are there just to have a good time, you know, just enjoying their fandoms. Um, you know, gone are the days of like hitting a federal building or, you know, capitalistic swine, you know, office buildings and things like that. Now it's 
we don't give a shit. It's just whatever's going to inflict maximum terror. Terrible. I mean, literally terrible. Yeah. That's awful, man. Um, what was your second question? Well, th- that brings me to my second question. Now, speaking of terror, terrorism and, and just inflicting harm on innocent people, um, does this mean that like conventions are going to have to hire like pretty robust professional security? Like I, I've been to conventions and even was involved in some conventions where security was just like some volunteers who kind of were crowd management. Does this mean like you're actually for insurance purposes going to have to hire like straight up armed guards or what, or you even have metal detectors and all this other stuff? Well, I'm, I'm interested to hear what Brian has to say about Megacon. I, the, 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 the past years that I've gone, I mean, there was nobody. You just like walk in and maybe there's a guy like sort of standing by the door of the like exhibit hall, but he's not checking anybody for anything. He's just sort of making, he just wants to see your badge, like that you're allowed to be in there, you know? Um, but then again, I've been to several cons where like there are cops like sitting there at the front before you walk in and any kind of weapon that you have, like they have to check and put like a red like tab on or or tag like like one of those like zippy ties you know just to like make sure that it's not you you know just just so people know all right this has been checked and it's not a real weapon and whatever um and you know masks and stuff are not allowed in some places so i really think it's just i mean unfortunately it's up to the cons and so they better take notice of this and they better really up their their security game because it's not i mean they're on notice they're absolutely on notice uh if they weren't before which they you know they probably would have been if someone wanted to sue um now definitely after this whole phoenix thing they know or should know that uh there's a huge threat level against these things and they need to beef up security so cam did you go to megacon last year or do you mean like i'd say a few years ago a couple like two like three or four years ago was the last time i went that that's going to come up. That's kind of my point because last year MegaCon was you know purchased or whatever by uh, Fan Expo, and this year of course it was fully planned by Fan Expo, and obviously all of this stuff was planned and people were hired before this happened. MegaCon was fucking crawling with con- convention staff and security staff, like not volunteers. Nice. So pay, paid, paid employees, paid, trained employees, and honest to God, like ten at every possible ingress. Wow, that's good. Like there was no way to get in that building. I mean, I literally remember. I mean, this was like many years ago, but I literally remember walking into MegaCon one time, and like I walked right in, you know, the convention hall, and like no one even looked at. I don't think I even had my badge. Like I had I had a badge, but it was like under my shirt or something or whatever. Like I just walked in, no one even looked at me. I mean, this is years ago, but. Like, I'd say up to, you know, three or four years ago, yeah, someone someone was there at the door, but they just made sure I had a I had a ticket. It wasn't even right, like, right. you know, hey, is this guy is this guy packing or whatever. Curious to see so it's encouraging, I guess, that Megacon has taken those steps. I'm curious to see what like smaller, more local cons, you know, how they deal with that. Um Well the the problem is they just don't have the money. Right. I mean they they I'm sure they just don't have the budget to do it. And like because look, the reality is, is that unfortunately, the reality is, is that one of these cons is going to have a major incident at some point in time. I hope that that never happens, but chances are that will happen at some point. And then you know for sure that the family members and anyone, uh, you know, of anyone who gets killed and, and anyone who gets injured is going to be suing the shit out of the organizers of the con. And so you need, I mean, if I was running a con, I, I, I would be, I mean, I, I would, I would reallocate my budget to that because there's no way that I would want to get sued for that. Yeah. I, I don't want to see small cons suffer or go away or anything like that, but they have to, like they have number one priority should be making people safe. And again, before all this shit happened, that should have been it. Girls get, like, fondled in stairwells, and people get, like, stalked on their way home. And not a year goes by that someone is not, oh, $30,000 comic book I just laid down, got ran off with. 
like cons need to be safe. And if that means that your cons not like economically viable, then you need to restructure that somehow. Like, yeah, I, I volunteer think, you know, security is in my opinion, like a thing of the past. Yeah. I, the problem is, I think is that these smaller cons is they're looking at it like, well, okay. I mean, if it's like a risk versus reward type thing, it, I, I'd rather, I'm going to risk something bad happening and getting sued over spending the money and you know it's like a known cost over an uh, over a possible cost so it's like well i could lose a lot of money for sure by putting it into security or i could hope that nothing happens and worst case scenario my company gets sued i i lose whatever i, I you know I, I i go bankrupt but you know that doesn't really affect a person personally right it just you know obviously their 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 company's gone but like you know, you're, and especially here in Florida, you're not taking their house or anything like that because we have pretty favorable like homestead laws. I was just gonna like say like, but all uh, your money into a giant house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's sad to think that you know. I mean, look, it's it's sad to think that like there would be someone that's like making that decision, but it happens but every is, day. It happens. Yeah, it happens every single day in every single industry. Well, I just. Under the don't t- no touching and cosplay is not consent, put like you know crowds are not terrorist targets, and that should take care of most would be offenders. They'll they'll just walk away with their oh darn. I mean, the first thing I would do is I would I would say no guns. Like I'm sorry if you want to do like a Punisher cosplay or whatever. Like if I was a small con, because the fact of the matter is you you, you won't be able to pay for. Or, or like uh, no, no metal, like no metal weapons of any kind. Yeah. So if you want to do like a like a a, a a Deadpool cosplay, you can have swords, but they have to be plastic. You know, you need to be able to walk through a metal detector with your with your cosplay, um, and, and not have it go off. Um, I think that would really alleviate a lot of issues. And then you know the other thing is just to be like Brian said, you can't have a volunteer. You need to have at least you know, some paid security or like off duty cops there just to make sure that, you know, cause those guys are trained to, to, to see the dangers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they know what to do when something happens. Fucking, you know, you, you got some kid volunteer that's security. He's not, he's not going to be taken down a terrorist. You know what I mean? He's running out just like everybody else. <sighs> Sad to think that this could come to something, you know, as innocent as a, fan convention but that's where we're at that's our world well yeah and fucking scary because i go to like 15 a year (laughs) (laughs) i'd uh i'd bring security man yeah i'll I'll report if i get into packs this year i will uh, report the security scenario i can't wait to be basically go through a tsa like screening process to get in Oh, speaking of, I'm doing that. Uh, I, I got that clear or the TSA yeah, you got it? clear thing. I have my interview. I, I have my interview oh. tomorrow. See, so let's see if they can clear you into conventions too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to ask them, like, Hey, can you guys uh, start doing this for conventions? Or what? <laughs> oh man. A- any more news to report cam or. No, I thought we had transitioned into the topic. <laughs> We're actually <laughs> yeah, about to transition we... <laughs> into it. Uh, just. Okay. If that concludes the news travaganza, just want to say, for sure. everybody, be careful out there, and congratulations to Allison. You are not off the hook, though. You have to come back uh, and do our 300th show as you are uh, contractually obligated to do. <laughs> I don't know where I put that contract, uh, but I'm sure it's around here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <it> up. <laughs> there is no contract. Anyway, on with the show. So... Stepping away from the world of conventions, but related to retail, and you, you, you know all about retail, Cam, working for a uh, company that produces things that people buy. Uh, yes. Let's step back to last week's episode, and Brian, I, once again, just, just accidentally you motivated another show last week. Uh, do you recall our conversation from last week where you were frustrated being in a store? Being in several stores, 
trying to find something. I mean, not not exactly a specialty item. Yeah, just a part for a vacuum or something, right? You'd think if they'd sell vacuums, they'd sell pieces to <laughs> Right, it. right. One would assume. So brick-and-mortar retailer after brick-and-mortar retailer, and you finally, in frustration, just resign yourself, as a lot of people do. I'll just get it on Amazon. And I mean, I think that's the most frustrating thing. Like, I knew it was on Amazon because I use the internet to look up, the, like, the replacement part. And, of course, when I searched for that replacement part, it was the first Google response. Yep. yep. Do you want to buy this on Amazon? No, let me go look. Let me just make sure I know what I'm buying. And I, I was out for like two hours running around and, you know, like 130 degrees Florida heat. <laughs> God. For for nothing. like A huge waste of nothing. time. Which, as we know, the traditional retailers are suffering because of e-commerce and that kind of experience doesn't help, right? No, I, I think that's kind of my point. Like, I chose to go out of my way to buy local, and they just said, no, we're good. <laughs> exactly. Like, in a way, you're kind of doing them, you're almost doing them a favor in some sense of it, and they just kind of, like, don't stock the merchandise. And Would have got it cheaper. Would not have had to have, like, put on socks, pajamas, pants, anything. You're like, I, I mean, just the most convenient thing in the world, cheaper and and honestly, I, I mean, I would have got it, you know, two days instead of running around for two days, like, looking. No downside, aside from, well, I feel guilty about globalization. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't just do mom and pop shops. I assume you went to, like, pretty big retailers. Like, did you go to, like, a Walmart or a Sears or something like that? I mean, I, I, I'm, I consider them local because they don't, like, pipe in robots from China oh, right. to, to do the uh, the work yet. <laughs> They at least employ local sure. people. So, no, I understand a mom-and-pop store not being able to carry this because, you know, supply chain and all this kind of stuff. But Home Depot, like, you're a specialty store. That That's that's what you do. Yeah, that's bizarre. Like, I would think that the – again, I don't understand the ins and outs of supply and supply chains and all that other stuff. But I would think a pretty big retailer would have some um, – inventory on hand at most locations or at least nearby so that they would be able to satisfy customer demand um and i don't live in podunk iowa right i'm sure there's a lot of throughput here one would think one would think but increasingly or perhaps just more noticeably because i'm less tolerant of it i have gone into places looking for a thing and found like the display empty or they just don't have it and it is it's extremely frustrating and so here's something I don't understand, and this is kind of getting into maybe the meat of tonight's topic. A way, like to me, that a traditional, you know, in the real world retailer could retain some customer loyalty would be, hey, I want this item and you're out. So they have an option, let you walk out the door or just like ship it to you. And like they get the sale and not their online competitors. It blows my mind that they, it blows my mind because I, I guess I don't understand the ins and outs of retail, but why don't they just do that? Like, why can't they do that? I know we bitched about this offline, so I'm not sure we said this on on the episode or not, but th they used to do that 20 years ago. They used to say, hey, we can have it shipped. Do you want to pick it up Wednesday? Like, a long time ago. Like, why don't they do that? Why isn't every employee carrying a Talzon with, you know, their own proprietary Amazon shit. Just license Amazon. <laughs> right. You know what? You could probably make a profit actually using <laughs> Amazon. Just use them to fulfill your orders. Right. I mean, if I show up there, I'm stupid enough to, to pay extra or whatever. So go ahead and charge me extra and have it show up. Just, just have them use your boxes <laughs> or something. What do you think, Cam? Why, why just specifically this, like why don't the retailers have, they, it seems to me like they have a, a big physical distribution infrastructure. Why can't they match that up with a effective online presence or a, you know, buy in the store, ship to your home sort of experience? I, I don't know. It's beyond me. I, I mean, you know, especially when you, I think we talked about it last week, like Sears, Sears was like the, the ship to ship to your home, like yes. pioneer. I mean, that was like the, the only thing people read like in the 1800s. It was like the, the Sears catalog. You know what I mean? Like they already had this, whole logistics infrastructure set up 
you know, even in, you know, over the last 40, 50 years to get stuff to their stores, I don't see why they couldn't have someone come in there and just revamp it a little bit to do the ship to your home or ship ship to store or anything like that. Like, I mean, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me that they let that pass them by. I mean, okay, maybe you didn't get it in the early 2000s, but it's 2017. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, like Amazon has been kicking your ass for 15 years now. Like, I, I, I don't get it. So I, I have like a theory and I don't want to pick on Sears. Actually, Sears is near and dear to my heart. I have some kind of weird, like emotional attachment to them. But I was in a Sears recently and I was going to buy something that wasn't, it wasn't a super expensive item, but it was like a hundred and something dollars. And I used to sell like electronics in Sears like years and years ago. And so like at one, at one, you know, you got a little bit of a commission on a lot of different items. Like some stuff paid no commission, but some stuff even off the shelf would give you like a small percentage. So this guy's helping us. And um, he's like, do you want to ring up? Do you want to ring this up now? I'm like, well, we're going to go over to this other department. He's like, oh, you can just ring it up over there. And I'm like, are you going to, you know, are you going to get like a little commission on this or something? I don't want to take that away from you. He's like, his response is no. Like the most, like anything pays anymore is 1% now because of all the competition from, you know, online sales. So like, even if I were to sell you like a thousand dollar TV, I would get 1% of that. And I was just like, that sucks. <laughs> but yeah. It kind of got me thinking, and maybe this explains why the retailers aren't doing these things we say. I think, like, their habits are just entrenched. Like, you're a commissioned salesperson. Okay, well, how much if I sell this $5,000 TV? 1%. How much if I sell this blender? 1%. So I get 1% no matter what I sell. Yes. Not motivated. My point being, like, if they don't have the margin to pay commissions like they used to, why don't they just pay a bigger hourly wage and get the guys off commission? You know what I mean? Like, the problem is that I don't know that a higher hourly wage is going to actually translate to better sales. You know what I mean? Or better service, for that matter. Yeah, or better service. Exactly. It's just the same argument with like the whole fifteen dollars an hour thing for you know fast food workers or whatever. Like, is that does that fifteen dollars mean that we're going to get a better <laughs> you know, crop of people to provide service and provide better food and provide this and that, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a economist, so I have no well, idea. They need to do something to incentivize better, better customer service because apart from having access to the physical item in the store, that's really the, their only real, that's, that's really their big edge is a friendly customer experience and somebody helping you find the item you want. And, the reason I think they might benefit from getting away from a, a commission-based structure and just paying well hourly and maybe giving up performance for, you know, an on-the-fly customer satisfaction you know, uh, incentive or something uh, would be because if you go into a place, a department store, a Sears, what have you, walk into, like, an apparel section or something, nobody's really going to help you. But if you walk into, like, the washer and dryer section you know, the appliances where there is still a slight commission to be had, people will jump on you immediately. Right. I assumed that was just because they were bored. <laughs> no, they, the <laughs> few, the few like places where you can, I, my understanding is the, this has always been the case. The appliances pay the best and I'm guessing there's still enough margin in those because there's not a lot of people buying those online, at least yet that that's where the money's at. So that's great. You've got all your great sales staff over there selling washers and dryers. I walk in and buy a TV. Nobody helps me, you know? Um, I think, and this goes for like EB and other specialty retailers as well. And the, the home improvement stores, you go in and like, nobody wants to help you. And the whole edge they potentially have is a good experience. Um, yeah. Well, I think they, I think people, like, I think the companies assume at this point, most people have already checked prices online anyway before they've gone in, or they're going to check them on their phone as soon as they get in there. So it's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get the sales force and they're going to go and they're going to make this whole pitch and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to spend, sell, uh, pay these employees all this money. And then right at the end of their pitch, the person's going to whip out their iPhone, type in the, 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 the model number. And see, oh, I can just order it from Amazon for two hundred dollars less. Peace out, bro. <laughs> you know that. Thank you for educating me on the TV, and I'll you know see you later. 
So that that's lousy. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah. And you know that happens every single day, you know? Like, uh, I've seen it in board game stores. I've seen it in every, like, you know, uh, uh, electronic stores. It's just what people do. Well, why can't the retailers just go ahead and match that price or come close to it? Because the, cause the overhead of maintaining the retail stores, I guess? Yeah, I mean, they can't, I mean, they've got a whole huge store and they've got, you know, lights, you know, huge electricity bill and employees and insurance and whatever. Whereas you've got, you know, just some dude selling TVs out of his, out of his basement, you know, or his mom's garage or wherever he's getting them. And you're not, or even just huge online discount, you know, companies that are just solely they're they're solely online sellers they don't have brick and mortar stores so all they got to do is have a warehouse and a good logistic system to uh, to to get the product to people and and most of them don't even need that because they just do use amazon fulfillment so so literally it just costs them whatever it is to buy the products have it shipped to amazon's warehouse so they don't even have to hold the stuff or maintain it or maintain the inventory or anything like that. They just have a pallet or whatever, a, a container shipped to Amazon's warehouse. Amazon takes possession of it. They do whatever they need to do to inventory it and, and keep it in their warehouse. And then when someone buys it, that's it. They ship it for you. Well, that's... And then there's no retail overhead. So, I mean, let's think about that. Your only your yeah your only overhead is the cost of purchasing the, the the goods, having them sent to Amazon, and then whatever Amazon's cut is of uh, of the unit. And people are happy to buy things without even well putting aside the whole showrooming phenomenon where they go into you know uh, Macy's and check it out, then go buy it online. Um, people are content to buy things without that tactile experience, you know, in all cases. Cause there's some things I do like to go see in person before I, before I buy, man, I can't tell you the last time I've been to a mall <laughs> or, uh, or, uh, like, or a store, like a store to buy something like my, my, the last five TVs I bought, I, I bought online the last, you know, everything. The only thing like that I, you know, sort of like the, that I like to do is uh, like clothes. Like I, I need to go try on clothes. Right. But even that I've, I've got down to sort of a science. Like I know what brand of jeans I wear. I know what size I am in that. And I know what size fits me the best in that particular brand. So now that I know that I can just, I order those through the website or, or whatever. And same thing with shirts. Like I know like the, you know, in what my size is in certain shirts uh, or brands and I can just buy it online. Much easier. Through the website of the retailer where you size them initially or through like, you know, an online competitor? Either either that or an online competitor. Whatever's the cheapest. Like I, I, the last, I guess, cause I, I don't know. I'm a typical guy. Like I don't like to go shopping. So I, typically at the end of the year, whenever they're having like their big year end sales, you know, I'll take advantage of that and I'll just buy like eight <laughs> right, right. And you know what I mean? Or like 20 shirts, like for the year, basically. And that's it. Okay. So that's my new ward, like my back to school <laughs> sure. shopping sort of, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, that's it. And then, it, and even if it comes and it doesn't fit or I don't like how it fits, I just send it right back. It's so easy. You know what I mean? Like it's not, they, they've made it so freaking convenient. And I will tell you the one thing that I actually went to go buy in store, sort of going to what you were saying, Tom, about appliances my refrigerator i was in the market for a new refrigerator a couple years a year or so ago and that thing is the biggest piece of shit ever <laughs> like i let some guy talk me into it and then now the freaking water like the it doesn't make ice anymore like in the door it doesn't uh like the the, the freezer is all messed up it keeps like you know over freezing it's just it's crap i, I need to buy a new one and i should have just bought one online <laughs> no uh i mean i mean to laugh at your misfortune but there's no you didn't get like a warranty with that or something or no I never buy that extended warranty it's, typically it's a scam but I should have sir you should have uh, you know we would have been able to help yeah. you out yeah I don't know man maybe maybe there's something I think I may we may have touched on this in a previous episode this sounds familiar but maybe there's something uh, in a of a relationship that can be uh, established between like a real world retailer and a customer um 
Like you go walk. My only relationship with any retailer is negative. <laughs> there are places I hate, <laughs> but I can't name anything that, oh, I really like to shop there. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe personalization. Like, all right, you buy, you go into, um, I keep trucking out Sears cause I like that, but let's talk about another retailer. Um, well, well uh, just Tom, uh, to, to help you out, the, the stores that you actually want to go to and that I've had good experiences at and the pr- pretty much the only places I will go now to even b- to buy clothes is are places like TJ Maxx and Marshalls like and whatever Ross because you can go in there and, and the only reason you go in there is because you don't know what you're going to th- what you're going to find you may find a super super deal on an awesome shirt or jeans or shoes or whatever and you're not going to find those on their website or on anyone else's website um, like, like for instance, I went in a couple months ago and I bought a pair of, of Jordan sneakers for like $35 and you're not, you're not finding that anywhere online. You know what I mean? Except for like some Chinese knockoffs. So, so like, you know, that those stores are thriving because, because of that, they, they offer things that you can't necessarily get online. Well, you could, but you'd be, you probably would be paying more. So, th- yeah, but those are like, uh, clearance re- not clearance what's the discount retailers right like they saw i don't know exactly what route merchandise gets there but the, it's good stuff that makes its way to them from like it's stuff other sales other places cleared out okay okay so yeah. there's no like ordering process they can't say like oh we carry this or whatever ahead of time they just get bulk shit right that other places wanted gone usually Which, last season yeah there's Weird sizes. I mean, I'm fucking six four and three hundred pounds. It's great for me. <laughs> well, it, it, and that brings up sort of a, a a a crazy question, which is okay. So, like these big companies like Macy's and Bloomingdale's and whatever, all these big uh, department stores are going out of business. Typically, that's where Ross and TJ Maxx and them get their their stock from. Is these big you know retailers that. Like Brian said, last year's last season stuff is you know didn't sell. They couldn't get rid of it, so they just dump it to them, and then those guys sell it. Um, when those companies go out of those big companies go out of business, I wonder what kind of effect it's going to have on those discount retailers. Ooh, that's true because now their suppliers are basically gone, right? Yeah, and really the online sellers don't have any incentive to dump their stock because they can just discount it themselves. All right, so we've got, you know, these, you know, stonewashed jeans that aren't selling at 60 bucks a pair, but we can just drop them down to $20 or 29.99 half price and we'll get rid of them. Why do we why do we got to dump them for pennies on the dollar to to TJ Maxx or Ross? No, you don't. You don't. You don't have the uh you don't have to clear out space for the next uh, amount of stuff, I guess. Uh, right. The next ship, uh, wave of of merchandise, I guess. I guess that's that's kind of the retailer's dilemma, right? You have so much shelf space, you want the latest and greatest out there, so you have to get the old stuff out. You physically have to get rid of it. Yeah, you're you're only you're only, and this is a, a very big parallel to board games. And is you're you're dealing with the cult of the new, you know, like you need to have the newest, hottest stuff ready for people to buy, um, or else they're just going to get it online. You know, because they can get anything that's not like just came out or, or brand new online for much cheaper. And you can't like have your own clearance uh, store, right? Where, where you clear your stuff out of, or else people maybe you'll just train people to wait for that. Then, right? They won't buy in the store for full yeah, price. Exactly. It's like, oh, if I know that you know these Jordans are going to be fifty bucks instead of one hundred twenty bucks, I'll wait till you know the end of the year. Which most people do anyway. A lot of people do. I mean, and that's fine. But what, what I'm saying is the only way you can stay viable is to capitalize on that group of people that want to have the fresh new pair of shoes and they don't care if it's 120 bucks. They don't want to wait. Right, right, right. So, I mean, are you guys – does the demise or like the massive reduction – it doesn't sound like it bother, will bother you at all, Cam. But will kind of the, <laughs> yeah. the demise of, of uh, – in in – in the real world stores bother you at all? Like I doesn't sound like it. Well, when, if you're talking about like electronics or, you know, any of those kind of commodities, no, it doesn't bother me at all. 
where it does bother me, and this is just the hypocrisy, I, I'm, I'm completely acknowledging that it's, it's hypocritical. Um, the only place it does sort of bother me is the, is in the board game realm. And obviously I'm biased. I work for a board game company. Um, you know, so all, you know, disclaimers out there. Uh, but I really do in my heart believe that board games, the board game hobby is driven by new attraction of people to games. So if you don't have hobby stores or stores like the Adventure Game Store, our sponsor, where people can come and try out new games and play games and get into the hobby, it's you sort of have that chicken and the egg problem. How are you going to grow the industry if you don't have places where people can go and play? And that's why you've seen the huge rise of board game cafes um, because it is a that is a more viable model uh, to where basically you can still make money. You're not necessarily selling board games. You're providing the board games for people to come in and have an experience. So I think that is, uh, you know, that is definitely helpful for the hobby. Um, but online sales are absolutely killing, just destroying uh, just board game stores and hobby stores. And it, it's, it's a shame, but it's sort of the writings on the wall. Even, <laughs> even uh, innovative stores like the, uh, like GameStop who are actually getting into the board game uh sales. Oh dude. I think it's yeah. easier for them. I think it's easier for them because they have the infrastructure already set up. Like they have, you know, they have already people coming in and there's a good synergy between online games and board games. But I'm sorry, Brian, what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say do not call for uh GameStop innovative. All you're gonna wind up with that <laughs> deal is used board games for two bucks off. <laughs> Use board games with half the pieces missing and peanut butter on every card. <laughs> now, that's an interesting refuge for them, in my opinion. Do you really think they're going to do a, like a gross, like used model, like they have with other stuff? I hope not. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, know I think they sure have to. Gonna, I know for sure they're going to have new games. I, I don't know if they're going to do the whole like bring in your old games and we'll buy them for you, buy them from you for two dollars and sell them for forty five. <sighs> Why would they? fail sale selling new video games and then only sell new board games like amazon can still do that better and let's be honest they're not that well known for any kind of great customer service or anything so it's not going to be a place where you can go and you know be inspired to buy a game by someone else's play experience or anything like that they're not becoming cafes you're gonna have to know exactly what you want when you go in yeah yeah it's interesting to me that they went that way. I'm blown away. I thought they'd just cash out. Like, I know they're facing problems, but what a bizarre solution to it, in my opinion. I, I almost... And let's let's all remember how how much damage they did to the video game market, so... What do you mean, with the used stuff, or...? Well, with the used stuff, and... I mean, they sell new fifty nine ninety nine used forty nine ninety nine. Publishers don't get a cent of right, that. Right, right. I mean, that all goes to their pockets. So, theoretically, cutting sales to a publisher in half... Soon, possibly, to come to board games as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that could be... Uh, that could be catastrophic. Although, somehow, I don't... Like, I don't know if used board games would be that popular. Like, they're... You know, we worked at... I would never in a million years have expected peanut butter covered manuals and scratched up discs <laughs> to be that popular. I just, you don't even get the box half the time, dude. I was just going to like recall when we worked at a predecessor or one of the companies that was ultimately folded into what is now GameStop. Uh, yeah, like we would get some disgusting stuff in and take it in as a trade, like I swear there was a disc that had a melted lollipop on it one time. Dude, <laughs> that was a line of coke. Yeah. Brian like opens this one thing up and is like shaking the cocaine out of the instruction manual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was That's... blood and God knows what other kind of bodily fluids on a few things. I'm not even exaggerating. This stuff was just gross. That's hilarious. And, like not That model benefits no one but the retailer. The employees don't get a deal. The customers don't really get a deal. The companies get fucked. I mean, you could argue. I honestly don't want that to happen to board games. I don't either. 
Like th- they would really put a lot of small names out of business. And you know, you might you might be onto something too, Brian, because well, I guess it wouldn't really matter. Um, typically, used items don't fall within map policies like manufacturers advertise price minimum minimum advertising price oh yeah um so yeah they i mean they may be able to that that might be something they're trying to do to get around that i um and let's let's just tackle the quote-unquote used wink wink what do you mean oh getting around dude half that shit's stolen oh yeah 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 we used to get suspicious numbers of we would we would get exactly what ross would carry like our company would purchase it from someone going out and then just sell it full price right right oh but brian i thought you meant like someone just went to someone's house and like stole all their video games and then came into no it's usually large scale it's usually like shit falling off of uh, trucks and things Uh, and we would get trade-ins of like eight copies of siphon filter like that's all brand new like oh a lot of people bought you the same gift huh yeah yeah don't ask me no questions (laughs) crazy (laughs) <laughs> there's more where that came from you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> sure thing Vinny. <laughs> brian i thought you were alluding to and i thought maybe you were as well cam uh an evasion uh scheme to get around these uh suggested minimum prices by claiming the games are used um well yeah yeah i mean i mean that, that i mean they could sell them for whatever they want whatever they want it would just be if they wanted to advertise like a lower price oh, okay um typically typically used used items are not you can advertise them for whatever you want because they've already been, per- you know, in theory, they've already been purchased for some- from someone. But, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that are like, oh, buy this used game. They take the cellophane off or, or you yeah. know, the shrink wrap off yeah. and advertise it for whatever they want. It's used. Um, but really, especially a company is already large as GameStop. What are you going to do? Not sell to them? Yeah, I'd be curious yeah. to see with a company with that large of a footprint, what effect that will have on sort of, uh, you know, some of the game, some of the t- tabletop game manufacturer policies where they'll strong arm them in any way. Um, also remains, remains to be seen. Yeah, it does. And, uh, also curious to see if this is going to be a case of, uh, one crab pulling down all the others as a uh, GameStop is currently still a pretty big retailer, but you know, as you indicated, cam in-store retail is just getting trounced by, uh, by online sales. And, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's just a foregone conclusion, in my opinion. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's a matter of time. Will it be five years or, you know, 25? I'm pretty sure you guys are right. Part of me hopes you are wrong. I was hoping that we would uh, arrive at some great solution to save retail. But uh, if I'm honest, that's probably just because of some nostalgia I've got going on. I mean, I don't necessarily enjoy the in-store experience a lot of the time. Well, I think the places that do survive will return to, like, honest salesmanship. And and they'll return to community instead of, like, pass-through. Like, they'll have regular customers that they know. Oh, dude, you like this? Here you go. Yeah, that's what I meant by relationship. Like, build, you know, get to know your customers, you know, take take interest in what they they purchase if, if they buy a refrigerator from you and it's a piece of crap even if you're not the salesperson like you know take ha- have a little sympathy like oh man i am really sorry your refrigerator's broken you know what can we do you know on a new one to make that up to you well i meant like game sales i don't, I don't know refrigerator I, I was speaking more generically now but um yeah for for stuff like entertainment you can definitely get to know their tastes um but in general just build a better relationship with your customer and treat them better uh that's Although I got to admit, I've had great experiences returning things to Amazon, so <laughs> it's not like they've done me wrong. I've gotten wrong product from Amazon, but as far as like returns, ordering, you know, refunds, it, I've never had a problem like with actually Amazon. Somebody put the wrong item in a box. That's one thing that happens, but they've never been like, "Sorry, it's what you ordered. That's what you got." Well, I guess then if the online experience is. Uh... You know, comparably satisfying it's it's going to be hard for the uh the retailers to or the ins i keep calling them real world retailers to brick to find an edge brick and mortar yeah as, as they're actually called but i don't know uh i guess the only the only piece of advice i can have for the um 
management from from major retailers that listen to the podcast who look to us for guidance is that uh, you might want to explore, you know, if we don't have it in the store, well, let me get it to your house in two days or whatever. Uh, give me the convenience of online shopping in person. You know, I want this. Okay, you can't you you can't beat them. At least don't lose the sale to the online retailer once you've got somebody in your store. Don't be stupid. Right. That just seems like a no-brainer to me, and it seems like something they could do. Also, give away, like, free popcorn or something. Ice cream. Have a clown blowing up. Nah, they're creepy, but have free balloons, you know. <laughs> Make shopping fun. Make it an event. Make it, Yeah, there you go. Make it an event. And uh, to uh, GameStop, I will say you probably should set up little cafes in all your stores so people can come play tabletop games there. I'm sure the food court at the local mall would love you for that. <laughs> and uh, I would love to see how that played out. Anyway, speaking of played out, I think this topic's pretty much uh, done, guys, or you got anything else you want to talk about in terms of the future of retail, e-commerce, etc.? I think we can close this one down. All right. Our listeners can, can consider themselves in receipt of another excellent <laughs> show <laughs> and can check us out weekly we we run a weekly special on this show it's always free uh, on itunes stitcher google play music pocket cast and really any other podcast spreading retailer <laughs> to really stretch the term retailer uh, where you might like to consume the podcast like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram add us to your google circle and join the Nerd Shrubbigans HQ group on Facebook. BOGO to our <laughs> website, nerdstravaganza.com. Check out the clearance section uh, on YouTube where you can find Nerd Stravaganza by typing it into the handy-dandy search bar and checking out all our video content. And send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com to let us know what your favorite deals are. And with our registers now closed out for the day... I forget who's closing tonight, but one of you needs to uh, make sure to turn the lights off. Oh, you have a Star Wars Queen's Gambit? Brand new and shrink? I'll give you $3. <laughs> Sounds fair. $3 store credit. Yeah. <laughs> Expires in a week.